But I shall be very naughty, she said, and not look at one of them till after lunch. Take them away, Caro, and promise me to lock them up till then, and not give them me however much I beg. Then I will get into the saddle again, such a dear saddle, too, and tackle them. I shall have a stroll in the garden till the bell rings. What is it that Nietzsche says about the necessity to mediterranize yourself every now and then? I must rise on myself. Pipino remembered the quotation which had occurred in a review of some work of that celebrated author, where Lucia had also seen it, and went back with the force of contrast to aid him to his prose poem of loneliness, while his wife went through the smoking parlour into the garden in order to soak herself once more in the cultured atmosphere. In this garden behind the house there was no attempt to construct a Shakespearean plot, for, as she so rightly observed, Shakespeare, who loved flowers so well, would wish her to enjoy every conceivable horticultural treasure. But furniture played a prominent part in the place, and there were statues and sundials and stone seats, scattered about with almost too profuse a hand. Mottos also were in great evidence, and, while a sundial reminded you that Tempus Fugit, an enticing resting-place somewhat bewilderingly bade you to bide a wee. But then again the rustic seat in the pleached alley of Laburnums had carved on its back, Much have I travelled in the realms of gold, so that, meditating on Keats, you could bide a wee with a clear conscience. Indeed, so copious was the wealth of familiar and stimulating quotations, that one of her subjects had once said that to stroll in Lucia's garden was not only to enjoy her lovely flowers, but to spend a simultaneous half-hour with the best authors. There was a dovecot, of course, but since the cats always killed the doves, Mrs. Lucas had put up around the desecrated home several pigeons of Copenhagen china, which were both imperishable as regards cats, and also carried out the suggestion of humour in furniture. The humour had attained the highest point of felicity when Peppino concealed a mechanical nightingale in a bush which sang jug-jug in the most realistic manner when you pulled a string. Georgie had not yet seen the Copenhagen pigeons, or, being rather short-sighted, thought they were real. Then, oh then, Peppino pulled the string, and for quite a long time Georgie listened entranced to their melodious cooings. That served him out for his trap about the real pair introduced among the stone specimens. For, in spite of the rarefied atmosphere of culture at Rizalm, Rizalm knew how to disipere in loco, and its strenuous culture was often refreshed by those light, refined touches. Mrs. Lucas walked quickly and decisively up and down the paths as she waited for the summons to lunch for the activity of her mind reacted on her body, making her brisk in movement. 